You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. On uh, when you pray, Jesus teaches us to pray. And so until Thanksgiving, we'll be talking, actually until the Christmas series, we'll be talking about prayer, going through the Lord's Prayer. How should we pray? How can we pray better? And that's our focus for the month. I'm going to show a video clip, which is kind of silly, but it's got to do with prayer. And sometimes when we talk about prayer, it's like so obvious that we should pray more, but do we really pray like we should? And do we pray publicly? Should we pray publicly? How do we pray publicly? Let's watch this clip. We all know how important prayer is, yet there are a lot of people that get nervous about praying in public. And with good reason, you could really make a fool out of yourself. People will laugh at you. But have no fear. We've created a simple resource to help educate you on how not to pray. Duck. Just because the group is in a circle doesn't mean they're playing Duck, Duck, Goose. Be on the lookout for little details that may indicate it's a prayer, such as someone praying. When someone is praying, don't stare off into space. Don't trim your toenails. And don't fire up a chainsaw. These actions are potentially distracting and may give the impression that you aren't giving the prayer your full attention. The celebratory drop-to-a-knee prayer is really only cool after a touchdown. Laying hands on the sick is simply placing your hands on someone while praying for them. You're connected hands. She has fallen into sin in a big way when she cheated on her boyfriend with that football player. God, and we know that she's been to rehab three times. Saying amen after a bunch of gossip doesn't make it a prayer. So comfort Larry here with the death of his parents and his dog in a horrific unicycle accident. And for me, Lord, with this new car I'm getting, please give me wisdom in choosing the color. Try not to follow a major prayer request with something trivial. If your hands are extended towards someone in prayer, try not to pretend that you're shooting electricity at them like the Emperor from Star Wars. And I'd also like to pray for each of our 27 missionary friends by name. Your prayer shouldn't turn lunch into dinner. That's a miracle no one wants. If the good Lord wanted us to eat cold food, he wouldn't have blessed us with the oven. Nathan, will you please lead us in prayer? And don't pretend to have a heart attack to get out of praying. Demons out! Don't go to the exorcism prayer unless you are pretty certain it's necessary. If you make an effort to follow these simple steps, you should notice a difference in your prayer life. Or, at the very least, no one will want to punch you in the face when you say amen. I I thought we covered this. Laying out of hands means... ah, Never mind. All right, so that's kind of silly, but there's some truth to a lot of that about praying. Some of you are terrified to pray in public. Um, Some of you pray way too long in public, and sometimes you pray for things that shouldn't be prayed about in public. Sometimes people pray about stuff that nobody knew that they shouldn't know, and they disguise it as a prayer. Sometimes people do turn the meal prayer into their devotional time, and the food gets cold. So maybe the best prayer before you eat is, Lord, thanks for the food, let's eat instead of all that other stuff. And then you can pray after. I knew one family that 
had a rule that they prayed after the food. Even if the food wasn't that good, they still were going to be thankful, but they prayed after so that they could get to the food. I have this kind of unspoken rule in my house that if I'm cooking something on the grill, everybody needs to be at the table ready to receive the hot meat from the grill. Let's pre-pray, pre-pray for that meat that's going to come hot from the grill so it doesn't get cold because it's best when it just came off the grill. Praying for people is huge. Praying together is huge. Uh, there's different prayer styles. Some I personally like better than others. I like to... Uh, I like kind of when we take turns praying, that's what we do on Saturday mornings from 8 until 8.30 when we have our half hour of prayer at the ministry center. If you want us to pray about something, let us know. If you want us to um, remind you or wake you up so you can come to prayer time, let us know. But it would be a great thing if you would pray with us. But we take turns. We go around in a circle and we take turns. I've been in some situations where everybody prays together and they all pray out loud at the same time. And it's really difficult to hear. It's difficult to understand. So we want to do all that we can to pray in a way that honors God. Many times when we get together, we pray the Lord's Prayer, which we all know and have memorized. And often when I marry people from around here, sometimes I have to ask them, did you want to do the Lord's Prayer in your wedding or not? And then they sometimes say yes or no, depending on what their background is. Uh, one interesting thing about the Lord's Prayer is that like, our language has changed, but the traditional Lord's Prayer, as it's recited, has not. So, as you know, it is our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So uh, sometimes uh, churches have the, uh, what is it, the uh, Church of England had updated it, and sometimes churches use that, but it is the Lord's Prayer. So the question is, is this really the Lord's Prayer, or was this a prayer the Lord gave to the disciples as something to pray? And are they to pray it? Is that the secret? You just say those words? And like abracadabra, zippity zoo, and whatever you want, I'm giving to you if you just say those words? Or is it a model to follow? Is it a category to follow if you look at each part of this prayer to lead you, to spring you off into a direction to pray, hallowed be thy name, to set God's name apart as holy, to honor and magnify God, to pray about God's kingdom coming, all those things. So we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. But prayer is huge. Prayer can totally change your life. Number one, prayer is part of the Christian life. So in the Beatitudes Jesus was teaching, he had just talked about how you should give in secret and not announce to the whole world you're giving. When we give, we should give to the Lord, but we shouldn't like blow a trumpet and say, hey, has anybody got change for a hundred? Hey, change for a hundred over here. I'm giving a hundred. Look at me. Uh, no, you're not supposed to do that. Instead, you're just supposed to Slip it in and not make a big deal out of it. The Lord sees what you give. But prayer is part of the Christian life. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their rewards in full. Public prayer. Is public prayer appropriate? I think that it is when we're totally praying. When we're asking God for things. When we're coming together like we did uh, a few minutes ago, uh, the church prayer time for those special prayer needs 
Uh, we don't pray about every single thing that people bring up, and we also have the blue sheet so that people can put on there the things that they want prayed for. So on that blue sheet, we have uh, the prayer requests that we send to everybody on the church email prayer chain. So if you have email, you let us know, and we'll add you to that list. And then we've got the ones for the church leaders. So those are the small group leaders and the pastors and the elders and the leaders. So they get that, uh, the prayer requests that are specified that way. And then some are for just pastors and elders only. So those are the three categories of things that are prayed for. But when we get together and pray publicly, we never want to pray about anything that we don't have permission to pray about publicly, but we want to pray and ask God for things together. It's so awesome when we pray for things and then we see God answer. When we pray for things, I remember quite a few years ago, but I was up here one time and we were praying for somebody. Uh, I think it was about a baby being born and uh, my phone rang at that time and took the, I took, actually took the call right there and got the good news that our prayers are answered and it was really awesome. But prayer is a part of the Christian life and public praying is an awesome thing to do when you have the right motives. When you're bringing somebody with you or a group with you into the presence of God to ask for something, to pray about something, that's an awesome thing. But when you like to pray publicly because you think that people will think you're more spiritual, when you like to pray publicly because you think it makes you more holy and, or you're closer to God or all of those things, Jesus doesn't appreciate that. So Jesus doesn't want you to draw attention to yourself. Basically, Jesus says, if you're, being, if you're praying on the street corner, so to pray in the temple was normal during a, a week of fasting. It, sometimes people would pray on the street corners or whatever, but to stand up there in public and say, everybody, look at me. Listen to me pray. Have I got the words to pray? And so you ever seen people do that before when they pray publicly? It's like they're trying to, maybe it just happens to pastors, but they're trying to impress you. So they're like praying and they start praying through all the names of God and they start praying with all these things, with all these verses and references and everything and it just, or all these big theological or archaic words. And it just doesn't seem very real. It doesn't seem like they're truly going into the presence of God and asking and praising and things like that. It seems more like it's for show. And if it's for show, Jesus knows your heart and motives and he will not reward that. We don't want to be false. We don't want to fake a good prayer life. We are commanded to pray. Matthew 7, 7, if you read a little further there, Jesus says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And in 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, it says, pray without ceasing or never stop praying. Do you pray? Do you pray about everything? I mean, so many people think that they have to relegate a certain part of their life to church and then the rest of it God doesn't care about. But God cares about your work. God cares about your hobbies. God cares about your kids. God cares about your extended relatives. God even cares about the things that stress you out, the things that you're concerned about. Like, do I have good enough tires to get me through winter? Lord, help me to get better tires before winter is a good prayer. And then maybe God will help you to uh, find that. I was praying when it came time for me to get tires because I noticed that some of the other people around me getting tires the same size were spending about $1,000 and I was praying for tires, found some used tires, sold my old wheels and tires to somebody and got a different set of rims and sold those tires. And Anyway, through all the swapping, I saved a ton of money and I was able to get, I was able to get new tires and God totally answered that prayer. A little bit of work, but I'm really happy with the results. So many times we pray about stuff and God cares about the little things. Last Sunday, I went to the lumberyard, big box retail store, ordered online, picked out my order, went through the gate, they checked it off, good to go, out the door, thinking it's done. 
that weird they didn't charge my credit card. And then all week long, I keep getting emails, your order's ready for pickup, your order's ready for pickup. And I thought to myself, that's 500 bucks. So I didn't have to pray about that. Say, Lord, thank you so much for this great opportunity for this extra money. Since you blessed me in such a way, I'll send part of it to missionaries and keep the rest for myself. Thank you. Didn't have to pray about that at all. Instead, I just contacted them and said, hey, you forgot to charge me. And what you got, a little email that said, thank you, sorry, uh, we apologize. So didn't have to pray about that. Actually, I wonder if I had kept that money, if that would have hindered my prayers, because that would be total sin. Uh, other little things, though, you pray about, and as you know, I've been trying to build the deck for my wife before our anniversary, and I can build stuff, but I just don't get the deck code stuff, and I don't want to mess things up. And so I've been moving along, getting it done, and things have just been working out. But last night was like the total answer to prayer. I'm trying to put the rails on and everything, and because of the way that I had made mistakes, I put this rail here and that rail there, and I wasn't really even sure what I was going to do with this because I had a plan to start with, but I no longer have a plan. Now I'm just making it up as I go along and hope it works out. So last night I put the boards up because I'm praying about this, right, that God would help me. Actually, I prayed that he'd give me the skills that he gave the people in the Old Testament that built the temple. That was a pretty big ask. So I've got a 12-foot piece of wood, 16-foot piece of wood, put them on the post, put them this here and there, and it was absolutely perfect. I didn't have to cut anything. I got rails here, rails here. They fit totally perfect. I didn't have to go back to the lumber store for more stuff. I looked at that. I'm like, thank you, Lord. God cares about the littlest things, and he cares about the big things, but we are told to keep praying. When I first was considering ministry, preparing for ministry, I met with a pastor of the First Baptist Church in Minneapolis for over 20 years. His name was Peter West, and he was retired. And so we would get together once a month, and he would share. He would talk into my life. He would give me wisdom and insight. And he had told me many years ago that when it comes time to pray, that I probably wasn't going to be like the reformers of old that would get up at four in the morning and pray for four or five hours before they start the day that most likely that wasn't very realistic for me or for him, but that we should pray all day, that we should pray all the time. If someone asks us to pray for them, we shouldn't lie and say, yeah, I'll do that and forget, but we should pray for them right then and there. And then as we reminded, as we think about it, to pray for them more, but we should keep praying. It would be great if you could spend extended time in prayer, Uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, four hours. If you can do the four hour thing and you can pray, it's awesome. I found that I pray longer when I'm doing something, like walking or riding my bike or something, and often if I'm doing it out loud. So when I'm going down the road and I'm praying, and I'm praying to the Lord out loud, it goes way further. My mind drifts way less if I'm praying out loud. And today, they see you as responsible when someone drives by and it looks like you're talking to yourself because they don't go, oh, he's talking to himself. He's like, Oh, look how responsible he is with his hands-free communication. Prayer is always hands-free. So, commanded to pray. And God works through prayer. God works through prayer. Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, Jesus says, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So, the best thing you can do is to get away into a private place and pray. That doesn't mean you can only pray in that private place, but maybe you have a room in your house. Some people use the bathroom as their, especially people with small children, use the bathroom as their prayer room, as their quiet place. But when you pray, go into a private place, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is, sees what is done in secret will reward you. God knows what you pray for. God hears what you pray for. 
It's often great to have a time during the day when you go and you pray, a quiet time when you spend some time in God's Word. Sometimes you just spend time listening. So maybe you read a passage of Scripture and then you ask God to, to speak to you. And sometimes He'll put stuff on your heart. And then uh, pray. Praying is asking. Praying is praying for other people. Praying is praising the Lord. We're going to talk about prayer for the next few weeks. But God works through prayer. So many times we don't pray enough. It's easy to talk about prayer, but God knows. God sees. God knows how much you truly pray and what you pray about. But when you pray, you have to have this mindset, we'll talk about this next week, that God can do it. God can hear. God can answer. God will hear our prayers. Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so many times, if you would be faithful to show up, pray about it, ask God to help you, you're faithful to show up, then once you've started the effort, the Holy Spirit kicks in and can help you, can help you share your faith, can help you to accomplish the purposes of God, can help you to do so many things. If you would just be faithful to show up, ask God to help you, and he will. Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So when you're prioritizing the Lord through spending time in his word and with your finances and with the way that you volunteer in ministry or in a small group and the way that you pray and the way that you have this mindset that your heart is always turned towards the Lord and the things that you listen to uh, draw you towards the Lord and the things that you say draw other people towards the Lord, When you put God as your priority, then He provides everything you need. Put Him first as a priority. And you can I think you can only do that when prayer is part of it. If you're not praying, I don't see how you are really putting the kingdom of God above all else. If you're not if you're not praying, I don't think that's gonna happen. But you can ask. You can ask for anything. Jesus says in John fourteen, thirteen, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. John fifteen seven. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. John fifteen seven. So, many of you have heard my story, and I just repeat it, because I went to a preacher's thing that said, it's good to repeat your story. Uh, people listen to repeated commercials all the time, and for the new people, it's good. But, you know, my wedding anniversary is coming up on Wednesday, And that'll be 31 years, but 31 years, well, 30 years, maybe six months before that or less, I was praying for a wife, asking God for a wife. I had gone to a college where there were three girls for every guy. didn't find any Christian girl that I wanted to marry, but I had a good list of what I liked in a girl. And then this girl came and bought my parents' car, and I heard about her. I was working at a Bible camp and uh, came back, uh, made some money to buy another car because I didn't want to take her out on my bicycle. That'd be kind of weird. And uh, asked her out, said, you don't know me, but you bought my parents' car. Would you like to go out for dinner? She's like, oh, okay. She was praying that when the right guy would come along, that he'd bring her flowers. And a couple weeks later, I brought her flowers. And she was thinking it'd be great if some guy just called out of the blue. And I heard about her like in June, and we were married October 17th. And I had this list of everything I wanted in a wife, and she was it. I mean, she, she was awesome and still is awesome. But I asked, I prayed for a wife, and God provided a wife. Uh, we pray, have prayed for many things over the years, and you can ask for that big stuff, but you can ask for the little stuff too. can't tell you how many times I've laid hands on a broken computer and prayed that God would help it, and it worked. It's 
Especially when people ask me to fix their stuff. It's like, I don't know. Pray as I go. Pray when I'm there. And somehow, often, it works. So I'm praying for insight on how to fix something. Or I'm praying for a car. I remember one time, I had this international scout that would always overheat. No matter what I did, I couldn't figure out how to fix it. So I ran acid through the coolant system for the second time. And this time I was praying about it. And it cleaned itself up and it didn't overheat after that. But ask. You can ask for what? You can ask for only spiritual things. You can ask for only church things. No, you can ask for anything in my name. Would you like to learn a new hobby? Why don't you pray about that? Would you like to have a new skill? Why don't you pray about that? Do you hate your job? Pray about that. Do you hate the people you work with? Pray about that. Pray for them. There are so many things that we don't pray about because we just don't think it's okay. We don't, we don't pray for our future. We don't pray for the opportunities that we have. And sometimes God says yes, and sometimes God says wait, and sometimes he says no, and sometimes we can rejoice when he says no because he knows. Maybe he can see things that we can't see. When I headed up to northern Minnesota for ministry, uh, we needed to get a house. It was very important that we have a place to live and looked at all these houses available, and the one house that we really wanted wasn't available. Uh, and then the other houses, I don't know. But we got this house. It was being foreclosed on. It was a mess. It needed a lot of help. But we got that house, and we always wanted to adopt a child. It was one thing that we always prayed about when we were first married is that we'd have two kids and adopt one. So uh, we got licensed for foster care. thought maybe we could adopt a kid in that way. And it turns out that of all the houses we looked at, especially the one we tried to buy, uh, those wouldn't have qualified to do foster care, but the house we had had windows that were the right size and qualified to do foster care. We lived in that house, and that's when they brought us a baby that we adopted. So God answered in every way. He knew what was ahead. He knew what we needed. He answered our prayer in that way. And if you remain in Jesus and his words remain in us, we can ask for anything we want and it will be granted. We should ask. John 16, 24. If you haven't done this before, ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. You know, when God answers your prayer, it's a God connection. It's like you had a God sighting. It's like when you pray and pray and pray for stuff, when you've exhausted every resource, we needed a house, my wife and I, years ago. And so we were praying for a house to rent and a house to live in. And some missionaries in Indonesia were praying for someone to rent their house. And my wife heard about it at the grocery store. Uh, met somebody that we had bumped into from, we went to a really big church, but an acquaintance. And so she knew of this house for rent. And so shared the information. We called on it. The missionaries in Indonesia had their brother taking care of it. And anyway, it worked out. We lived in this house. God answered our prayer and we lived in this house for as long as we needed until it was time to move to Iowa for ministry. But God answered in every way. And we knew that it was a God thing because we had exhausted every resource, couldn't find anything on our own. And then God answered and provided a big house with a three-car garage. And it was just an awesome place for us to rent and to be. And they lowered the price if I worked on the house. And it was just a total answer to prayer. Couldn't have done it on my own. God did it. Couldn't have adopted a kid on my own like this. God did it. Couldn't have come here and started a church and had people come like we did. Many churches have been planted and they're now they died. We're still here. God did it. God is doing so many things, but ask. And when you receive, you will have abundant joy. And that is what God wants you to have, is that a God experience. Sometimes God will wait until you've exhausted every resource before he answers your prayer. And sometimes he'll answer your prayer at the last minute. Sometimes you'll, he'll just give you enough information to keep you moving forward, but he won't give you all the details. Sometimes you go through hard things and you still trust in the Lord as you go, through, go forward. Ask. James 4.2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. 
So you fight and wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Remember that old white truck that we had? Uh, that we had for like 10 years here that we used to pull the trailer. I was praying and praying for a truck, and one Saturday morning, somebody called me and said, hey, will you take me to this auto dealership in Wyzetta to get, me my, get my new truck? I'm like, okay. So what are you doing with the old truck? And he's like, I don't know, work truck? Know somebody that needs a truck? I'm like, the church does. It's like, uh, what would I get if I gave it to the church? Tax credit. So uh, anyway, so he gave us that truck. I think it was valued like $7,800 when he gave it to us. But I prayed and prayed, and God answered and provided a truck that we used for many years. And uh, God wants you to pray and to ask because it brings him glory. It draws you closer to him. And is it God experience? Ask. Ask. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son will bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. John fifteen seven. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Anything that you want according to God's will. So God always hears, but he might reject your request if it's something selfish, something that doesn't need to be. Sometimes you'll be disappointed. Sometimes you will wait, and then God will bring the answer, or you'll be able to look back and say, I'm really glad that God didn't answer my prayer because it would have messed everything up. When I was living down in Iowa in ministry, we had purchased a house that was in between the Hardy's restaurant, the high school, and Waldorf College, where Ireland goes to school. And it was a very busy place, a terrible place to have small children uh, living as a family. We didn't know that when we bought the place. Thought it'd be great for ministry, but we wanted to live in the country. And there was a perfect house available for us to rent right on the gas line. And we were praying and praying that our house would sell so that we could live in that place. And it didn't happen. But then another church called and said, well, you come up to northern Minnesota and serve with us. And then our house sold right away. And I look back at that farmhouse, and I'm like, if I would have been living in that farmhouse, if God would have answered that prayer, there would have been no way you would have gotten me to move out of Iowa to go up to northern Minnesota to, you know, the whole trek of everything. So God knew. So God didn't answer that prayer. Ask and trust. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When you are disappointed, when you are sad, when things aren't working out, as you pray about it, you can trust. When you've been praying and praying and praying for a church building and you still don't have one, you can say, God, I've been asking you for years, and you must know something that we don't know, so we're just going to trust and serve you faithfully with what you've given us. So we pray and we move forward and we trust, and we can get better at praying. Number three, you can get better at praying. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So is saying the Lord's Prayer good enough? I mean, to say the Lord's Prayer over and over again without really meaning it, thinking it through or whatever, I don't really think that that has value like it does if you're praying the Lord's Prayer as a springboard for a prayer for prayer thoughts to get you praying about other things. So it's great to pray the Lord's Prayer, but just to pray it over and over again. Those prayer books are awesome to give you ideas of how to pray, but it's terrible if you just sit there and read through the prayer. You don't internalize it. You're not really talking to God. You're just reading this prayer. It's not the same. If you really want God to answer, you've really got to communicate. You really have to ask. So don't keep babbling like pagans. Sometimes when people pray, they keep saying things over and over and over again. And Jesus is like, we don't like that. So, uh, you know, oh, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You know, 
can maybe keep you focused on who you're praying to, but just babbling things over and over again, that's not going to work. I think I mentioned before when I was in eighth grade, I got a ride when I was going to the Christian school, and this woman who was terrified of driving, this mom, would be in the front seat, and the whole way driving, she'd be like, oh, Jesus, protect us. Oh, Jesus, keep us safe. Oh, Jesus, help us not to get an accident. If anybody felt nervous, it was me in the back seat. I'm like, you have no confidence at all. So anyway, no babbling, and we can get better at praying, and we'll talk about that, but don't fake it. Don't fake it. Don't pretend to be religious. God totally sees through it. It doesn't benefit you. Actually, most people can see through it too. Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. So don't go through the motions. Have a true relationship with the Lord. Don't go through the motions and say, okay, God's got to love me now because I did my prayers and I had my Bible reading and I even checked off the box and now I get to go do whatever I want with the rest of my day. Glad that's over. Glad, glad I got God religious, not, Lord, you're with me all day, all the time, 24-7. You'll never leave me or forsake me. I can, I can call on you for anything and pray about anything but I also know that you're watching and you see everything that I do. And if I fall into sin, that might hinder my prayers. So, um, again, the Lord's Prayer, we're going to talk about that more next week. So next week, having faith in the one we are praying to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have given us your word and it has lasted 2,000 years and so many lives have been changed and so many theologians have have gone through it and combed through it and organized theology theology systematically and made it so easy for us to understand many of the things that you want us to know. Lord, it's so easy to talk about prayer, but Lord, prayer is work. Prayer is spiritual warfare. Prayer can totally change things, transform our lives, and we can pray for others and invest in their lives. And I pray that you would help us to become better prayers. And I thank you for all of the answers to prayer that we have. We pray We ask that you would remind us of the things that you've done to intervene, to keep us safe, to provide for us, to to, uh, make things go in our favor. Even tests that you've sent our way are allowed to see if we're going to do the right thing or if we'll be uh, doing the wrong thing to uh, take a shortcut or get ahead uh, financially. So Lord, if there's anybody here that's never received you as their their Lord and Savior, I I invite them to to pray something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and that you died on the cross for my sins. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand as we sing our way out. And sometime, uh, if you think about, well, what all the prayers that have been answered. You know, my wife and I are here because somebody prayed. And so uh, sometime you want to talk to Pastor Chris, he can tell you how we ended up here. And then you can talk to me and find out how we ended up here. Um, But it was because of their prayers. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church, 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.